Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You're listening to Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello and welcome everybody to episode number 246 of Linux in the Ham Shack. This is The Weekender. So thanks for tuning in. This is where we talk about all the stuff that isn't Linux or open source or, well, actually it kind of is. But then we then we kind of go our own way and talk about the things we really want to talk about. Uh, I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. And this is the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. So thanks for tuning in yet again. I can't believe we've done 246 of these and, you know, pretty sure there's going to be 246 more. So everybody look out. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So as we do with the weekender, we're going to cover some special events, some things to do in open source, things to do in amateur radio, and just a bunch of miscellany. And we'll talk about hedonism when we get down to the end. So. First of all, let's talk about some contests. Uh, the first one is the Collegiate QSO Party, which runs from Quad Ot Zulu, September 15th to 2359 Zulu on the 16th of September. Uh, the objective of this contest is to provide an amateur radio operating event focused on collegiate amateur radio, promoting student activity, alumni engagement, and community awareness. Uh, the categories are collegiate, low, and high collegiate employee low and high collegiate club alumni low and high and individual low and high and we of course will have a link to information about that in the show notes that's coming up here pretty quick i rather put my wife on the air (laughs) well there you go yeah no it's not happening (laughs) (laughs) all right uh also get a ham fest i think maybe yeah yeah why not sure why not (laughs) sure what the heck yeah yeah Cheryl got her license. Now you have to work on Precious. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So also this weekend, we have the ARRL 10 gigahertz and up contest uh, from 0600 local time to 2400 local. That's the 15th through the 16th. So not quite 48 hours, but a lot of 48 hours. Uh, hot off the heels of the September VHF UHF contest is the 10 gigahertz and up contest. The objective of 10 gigahertz and up is for North American amateurs to work as many amateur stations in as many different locations as possible uh, in North America on bands from 10 gigahertz through light. Amateurs are encouraged to operate from more than one location during this event. And the detailed rules and restrictions will be a link in the show notes. So check that out. And we have to remind everybody that since this weekend, there is an active hurricane hitting the East Coast. Uh, you need to avoid any of the weather net frequencies that are widely published and uh, just try to avoid, uh, you know, creating a, a bit of noise where there doesn't need to be noise. So just be mindful of where you're at on the band. Listen first. Make sure there's not uh, some other conversation going on before you start calling CQ. 
I don't think there will be many up in the 10 gigahertz, so you're pretty much free up there. <laughs> but uh, on HF for the collegiate QSO party and any other state QSO party that's going on this weekend, yeah, definitely be mindful of uh, the hurricane traffic that's uh, going to be uh, definitely ongoing while this storm dumps, you know, four foot of rain everywhere. Yeah, definitely so. So definitely do not do anything that would cause interference, uh, especially when MCOM is going to be a priority in those areas. So. All right, so for next weekend, Bill, what do we got? So we have the UKEI DX Contest, a single sideband. It runs from 1200 Zulu September 22nd to 1200 Zulu September 23rd. Uh, the aim of these contests is to promote contacts between stations in the UK and Ireland, and, uh, of course, stations in the rest of the world as well. All UK and EA, EI contesters, including those with modest stations and antennas, will be experiencing the fun of being a multiplier in a worldwide contest. Uh, there are long periods in the 24 hours when DX stations cannot work UK and uh, Ireland uh, stations because there's no propagation. And, of course, you know, there's generally no propagation anyway, so we don't have to worry about it. Uh, no. So uh, so all entrants can work each other all or all other entrants. So, so yeah. So if you're in the UK, you can work UK as much as you want. If you're in, you know, Ireland, same goes there. So, uh, yeah. So you don't have to worry about uh, always working DX and uh, working across the uh, the old uh body of water sitting there uh so yeah so uh, qso points uh see however a good score will only be achieved by working a sufficient uh numbers of uk and ei stations and the uk ei district code multipliers so that's where the points are going to count so uh so work your way around the islands over there uh the next one we have on the list is foc first class cw operators club qso party it runs from uh, 0000000 Zulu to 2359 Zulu on September 22nd. Uh, the first class, CD, uh, first class CW Operators Club, with its uh, roots and history and management in the UK, promotes good CW operating activity, friendship, and socializing via its worldwide membership of 500. The aim of the club is to foster and encourage a high standard of CW operating ability and behavior on the amateur radio bands. The FOC QSO party is held twice a year and is open to all radio amateurs worldwide. It's not a contest, per se, but rather an activity day for uh, in memory of Bill Wendell, G8VG, who's a silent key, a past chairman of FOC who was very keen that we should all be as active as possible on the bands. Stations participating in the BWQP should call CQBW in memory of Bill. All right. Very good. <clears throat> and it mentions, like, what was the thing that said about high standards of CW operating ability and behavior. So all I could think about was people like texting swear or CWing swear words. It's like, no, no, no lids. Yeah. (laughs) Don't make them use the, the, you know, the da, 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 da. Okay. None of that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Up, up. (laughs) <laughs> for people working splits and you got these lids down there transmitting on the uh the dx's calling frequency <laughs> oh boy you know you can find a way to be an a-hole just about anywhere can't you so- oh yeah any <laughs> mode any mode you just get on there on your ft8 you know put 2500 watts and open up the band pass and just throw the alc as wide as it gets <laughs> just let it all hang out and uh, you know have have a good time get that one contact in that you can get go right ahead <laughs> yeah let's not encourage that behavior okay so cheryl do you think you can read a couple of special events okay do you have any Kleenex in there? 
Just use a shirt. Yeah, that, that's why I had to do while ago. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> why put on your shirt? Well, actually, you can use my uh, little. No, 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 thank. He's sitting there naked in the shack now, guys. <laughs> no, I'm actually not. <laughs> that that has enough. actually no, happened, but not happened today. Before, but not tonight. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, well, I've got my snotty nose taken care of now. Okay. So, the first event we have is the POW MIA Recognition Day, September 14th through September 23rd, Zero Zulu, 2359 Zulu, K4MIA. Observances of the National POW MIA Recognition Day are held across the country the third Friday in September every year. This year it will be on September 21st. This will be the 10th year of the special event station has been activated. The day was established to honor our prisoners of war and those who are still missing in action. There will be sister stations K4MIA slash 5, K4MIA slash 7, and K4MIA slash 8 in operation some days. Also, contacts will be made on the LEO satellites. The QRZ for a copy of this year's QSL and for additional information. Because of the volume of requests, you must send a a self-addressed stamped envelope to get a returned QSL. Please take time to remember our POWs and MIAs as well as their families. All right, very good. There's one more, so hit that one. And hang on. All right, all right. So, <laughs> take a breath, sneeze uh, once or twice. No, I don't know. Well, no, I needed to sneeze a second ago and I couldn't. So, <laughs> so the next one is VOA anniversary, which is September 22nd, 1300 Zulu to 2100 Zulu, WC8VOA, Westchester, Ohio. Westchester Amateur Radio Association, 14.270, QSL, uh, Mike Braun, 87 Tylersville Road, Westchester, Ohio, 45069. And the org, I believe, is where this information came from. Yeah, I was yep. a little short on that one. Yeah, I didn't, didn't really read <laughs> yeah. as an article. I was going to put like, yeah, I was going to put more information in there because that's like all there was on the uh, special event uh, information. Information, <laughs> right? Yeah. But yeah, basically, a special event for the Voice of America Museum. And uh, you can uh, check out that information, and they'll be on, of course, 20 meters there on 14270. Very good. So that's what's coming up in the next couple of weeks for amateur. Well, that's not everything, but it's uh, several things that you can participate in contest and special event station wise over the next fortnight. Uh oh, I said fortnight. Uh, trigger, 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 trigger. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually I haven't played in a while. My uh, my middle son stole my Xbox One from upstairs. So oh, uh, no, <laughs> and I haven't I haven't tried getting it to work on Proton up here. Uh, or down here, sorry, because my laptop was busy doing backup. So <laughs> I haven't played Fortnite. I did install it on the phone, but it's kind of lame on the phone. So I don't, I don't really like playing games on the phone. It's just not, not adequate for me. I understand. So, all right. So, uh, I put an announcement in here and that's to talk about Discord. Now we have had a Discord server for a little while. Uh, it's starting to come up in the world. We have quite a few people connected to the Discord. Uh, many more than we had in its inception. Uh, there is an official invite to our Discord server, which you can find uh, on the Twitters. Yeah, well, what if I don't want to log into the Twitters? Well, you have an invite. Oh, then you have to have the <laughs> <laughs> then you have to have the invite URL, which will get you. Don't worry. Um, uh, whatever. Um, it's published on the website, isn't it? Or no? I don't. No, no, it's I not published on the it. website yet, but that that is something I will be doing. Uh, so I, I was also checking out the Facebook page. Can't find it there either, except for the one that 
Press apparently right, the, the wrong one. Yeah, up, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be publishing it everywhere. It'll be on the, all, all the social media networks, the proper link, and it will be posted on the website as well. So everyone will have access to it. And I'll also send it out to the mailing list. So everyone who is on the mailing list will have the invite as well. Yeah, we have 27 people uh, connected. Yeah, connected uh, to uh, the the Discord server or channel or whatever you want to call it. And we only have 12 real people <laughs> uh, on IRC. So that's kind of interesting. Um, and a lot of those people are already in Discord. You know, there's a few that are not. Right. But uh, we'll, we'll get them converted here shortly. <laughs> the, the Discord and the IRC channel are linked together. So if you're in one, your messages will go to the other. So that's perfectly fine. But we would love to encourage everyone to start using the Discord server for a couple of reasons. One, we're going to start putting some subscriber-only content and subscriber-only channels on the Discord. So you'll be able to interact with people. And Discord allows for voice chatting. So at some future point, you'll be able to talk with other LHS listeners and the LHS hosts. And people who subscribe to the show will have some additional uh, ability to talk directly with uh, the hosts that others may not. So if you want to think about becoming a Patreon, um, it's as little as $2 a month. It doesn't cost anything. $2 a month to help support the show. And you get immediate access to the special features over on Patreon or over on Discord, rather, and Patreon. Uh, so we'd like to encourage you to do that. But rather than take up the whole show with a plug for ourselves, uh, we should probably move on. But anyway, check out the Discord. We'll we'll make sure the link gets out there. Uh, and if you don't know what Discord is, uh, I guess just Google for it. It's just another way to, to chit chat. <laughs> duck, duck, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody needs another way to chit chat. But... It seems, yes. it seems to be a really popular one, so we're, we're going... Especially with the gamers. Yes, which I'm not. But Bill is. He plays Fortnite, <laughs> so... Yeah, well, that, that, that too. <laughs> All right, so... I play more CSGO than anything. There you go. So we'll move on to the Linux in the Ham Shack Ham Radio Challenge for this two-week period. I, I just loathe to say Fortnite anymore. Oh, I just said it again. Anyway, so... <laughs> Uh, but on this challenge, I just decided to put it out there, get signed up on the WinLink network, and message someone using it. And to do it, using a Linux client like PAT, or PAT, or however you want to pronounce it, uh, because we have talked about WinLink and PAT in recent episodes. So if you're not familiar with WinLink and the uh, the new ways that people are sending uh, packet data and, and chatting and sending emails via amateur radio, uh, get connected to WinLink, try it out, and uh, communicate. And don't do it via the internet. Do it via RF. Because you can do it both ways. Yes. <laughs> it was like, I'm trying not to say anything. Yeah, no, I was, uh, I was looking at the other screen. <laughs> That's fine. All right. Yeah. So in open source, this week in open source. Oh, and you can mention we're on WinLink, so you can just send us a message. That's true. As soon as you get on there, yeah, once you register, you can just send any 4RD or K5TUX or both of us a message for your test, and we'll go ahead and read your message on the air. <laughs> That's a fantastic idea. That's a great way to get somebody to do it. Interesting way to send feedback. Yeah. So do that. Send us some feedback via WinLink. That would be really cool, actually. All right. So... In open source this fortnight, uh, we have a distribution to try. And this one I thought was kind of interesting. It takes a different tack. It uh, references a technology that I use occasionally. I actually have 
not a Myth TV box, but I have a Cody box, which was based on Myth TV, I think, or another project for home entertainment systems. And this is a Linux distribution that might be useful to you if you're interested in that kind of thing. It's called LinHES, which stands for Linux Home Entertainment System. It's a distro centered around Myth TV, and the goal of the project is to make creating and maintaining a home theater PC as simple as possible, which is interesting because it's based on Arch, which I find contradictory. Um, the blank system can be transformed to a fully functional um, HTPC in about 20 minutes. Uh, and the, this is quoting now from the website. We feel the product should work like an appliance and not require a lot of upkeep while still allowing expansion and customization. Most of the system configuration operation and even installs can be accomplished using only a remote control. However, if you are a person that likes to tinker and work directly with the OS, that option is still available. All the configuration wizards can be disabled to avoid overriding custom work. So, if you want to try an Arch-based home entertainment system, that is LinHES. And a link to that distro will be on the show notes. It's actually listed as one of the new distros available on DistroWatch. And I did not check to see like where it was rated, but I thought it might be interesting. And, you know, home entertainment is something a lot of us use. So maybe that's good for you. All right, Cheryl, are you good to go with a couple of upcoming events in the open source world? Sure. All right. So, <coughs> yeah, sure, she says. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you can do one and then Bill can do the other two. Yeah, apparently I need some more drugs. Okay. So, so the uh, first event we have is the GNU Radio Conference 2018. GRCon is the annual conference for the GNU radio projecting community and has established itself as one of the premier industry events for software radio. It's a week-long conference and includes high-quality technical content and valuable networking opportunities. It runs from the 17th of September to the 21st of September in Henderson, Nevada, and you can get more information at GNUradio.org, GRCon-2018. Vegas, baby. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. yeah, Vegas, baby. There you go. Well, I think the uh, what the Tapper Conference is going on right now, right? That's the one that leads it, mm-hmm. leads in front of it. Right. They actually separated the two because they used to overlap each other. Aww. <laughs> so now you can do now both. You can do both. That's right. You won't. There's no conflict because there's some tie-in between obviously GNU Radio and uh, Tapper. Tapper. So right. <laughs> All right. So Bill, finish us out. Sure, we have a LiboCon, I think that's how you pronounce it, for LibreOffice Conference 2018. The 2018 edition is to be held in Tirana, Albania, on September 25th to uh, the 28th. Uh, on, 20, on the 25th, uh, in the afternoon, there will be a community meeting, and you may be interested in those if you are an active contributor. So uh, check out that if you're interested in a LibreOffice and happen to be in Albania. <laughs> yeah. I'll, get, I'll uh, get right over there. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. Get on the first plane to Albania. That's right. Yeah, I can't imagine what that would cost. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I need a short-term uh, trip, turnaround. Uh, anyway, uh, so we also have the Open Source CubeSat Workshop 2018. Uh, that's a, a two-day workshop to see how open source approach can be applied to uh, CubeSat and, uh, and small sat, uh, small satellites. Uh, missions with a focus on space science and a benefit for all. And those uh, dates are September 24th to the 25th, and that's in Madrid, Spain. Well, see, now that would be better. 
<laughs> well, that's the 24th and 25th. So you could do the open oh, yeah, source cube set, and then you could yeah. just pop over to Albania, and you'd be all set. You can, uh, yeah, do the Camino or whatever, the, the walking trail. <laughs> <laughs> or just get on the train. How far apart are those? I don't, I don't, I can't remember. I don't think they're that far <laughs> apart, actually. I think Albania is somewhere near Italy. So, oh, okay. Well, you can fly from Chicago over there for $600 round trip. Hey, that's a, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I used yeah. to be better at geography than I am now. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, they've changed the map so, so many times since we were kids. <laughs> that is so true. That is so true. Oh, actually, you know, I have Al- my like 1982, uh, you know, ge- ge- geography or whatever, Atlas. <laughs> Albania is between the heel of Italy and Greece. Oh, okay. But it's actually on the Grecian side. It's on that part of the Adriatic, not the Italy side. So, yeah, it's it's near Macedonia and Montenegro. So there you go. Cool. So I guess you could just fly to Greece and go up to Albania, and then you could check out the Parthenon and all the other great Grecian things. But you won't be able to go to Madrid. Well, the, well, you could do everything, I suppose. The flight from Chicago went it went directly into Tirania. Tirana, Tirana, Albania. So that must be the capital, then, I'm assuming. It says it's the most populous city. Most populous city, yeah. All right. It's also the capital. (laughs) Well, there you go. All right. That could be the reason why. Yeah. It doesn't always work in the United States, but. 500 kilometers north of Athens, 600 kilometers southeast of Rome. Um, All right. Very cool. And so our open source challenge for this week is the same as the amateur radio challenge. Winlink, Pat, use it. Try it. <laughs> GetPat.io. <laughs> exactly. GetPat.io. Links, of course, in the show notes. All right. So now we get on to the fun stuff. We get into this week in hedonism. And it's been a while since we've done any hedonism type stuff. So it's been at least a month. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get back to it right now. All right. Let's, let's be. Plow into Cheryl's recipe corner. Yep. Let's gorge ourselves. Okay. Let's do that. So. <laughs> So my recipe this week is for wonton soup. Uh, Russ loves it. And regretfully, a lot of the restaurants in this area don't serve it. So I have to make it at home. And this week, I'm sharing the recipe with you that I typically use, which includes green onion, chicken stock, wonton wrappers, ginger root, green onion, again, soy sauce, uh, Chinese rice wine, brown sugar, shrimp, and pork loin that's been chopped up very well. And you set about making your wontons and boil it in the chicken stock and poof, you have wonton soup. Or if you want. It seemed awfully simplified. Yeah, yeah, that, it is a simplified poof. version. You, poof, you have the soup. only time anything ever yeah. went poof in my kitchen is when it went up in flames. We've had a couple of those instances here, too. Um, the wontons can also be made into the fried wontons that you would get at you know, your local Asian restaurant. As well, right. so they sometimes call them gyoza or pot stickers or no, 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 no. Wontons fried like egg rolls or like rangoons. Oh, rangoons! Yeah, fried, I got gotcha. Fried wontons. Okay, not, sorry, yeah, not the other thing. Not right. not pot stickers. Gotcha. So well, you could probably do pot stickers too if you stuffed them with cabbage or something. No, it's it's a different. Concept. You might you might have to do a little bit more explanation on some of these recipes instead of saying poof. You have end result. <laughs> yeah. Because, well, <laughs> no. The only reason I say that is because Don KB2YSI was telling us earlier about how he was trying to make the fish taco recipe and apparently forked it pretty severely. <laughs> well, so, yeah, he, he took that poof and he just like threw a gallon of gasoline in <laughs> oh, yeah, it. Well, you and, know, uh, 
didn't quite work out the right way interesting because we had fish tacos last night that's too, what i told so. him we had it last night and it was fantastic everyone was raving about it i mean it was just it was like it was so good that yeah. we all stuffed ourselves to the point of wanting to puke <laughs> yeah so. yeah that was the one and only time my brother was not yelling at me all weekend it was like wow sis these are amazing so but well i took a picture of my tacos i made tonight so. i did they were very good looking pulled pork tacos with, nice. with slaw and everything wow yeah it was very good yeah i even tweaked my coleslaw for the fish tacos a little bit last night so yeah, well, you should you should mention that tweak because whatever you did was excellent. I just put some cumin and chili powder in. And it, when you so. did the street tacos or the street corn, the lote, did you mm-hmm. do it as the hash like you did, or did you do it as corn on the cob? When you mentioned it as a recipe, uh, I think I think the recipe originally was corn on the cob, but I didn't want to have to go grocery shopping yesterday, so I just grabbed a bag of frozen corn and I I. I tweak the recipe differently for that, which I can I can post later. I would so. definitely recommend that because I thought what you did yesterday was much better than the original. So okay, well that's good because it keeps having to you know have crap dripping down your shirt. From, <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely, know. and it also allowed everyone, as you saw, to put the elote in, in the taco, yeah. which everyone seemed to love. So I didn't do that. Was it good? I didn't do that either. Yeah, well, apparently David and Jordan really like. I I so. just was so enamored with it on the side that I didn't want to like contaminate my talk. Right? With it. Yeah. So yeah, but apparently it was very good either way. All right, very cool. So, so moving on, we're going to talk about my drink corner for tonight, and this one's going to be interesting because I don't actually have any tasting or nosing notes on this yet because this is a craft distillery. And this is a small batch from that craft distillery. I picked this up when I was in New Hampshire a couple of weeks ago. It's actually made there in Seabrook, about five miles from where I grew up. Uh, the distillery is called Smoky Quartz, and they do a few different liquors. Uh, they do a moonshine, they do a rum, they do a bourbon, and they do a cask strength bourbon, which is what I bought. Um, so I, I think that if you're trying to find this, you will find it relatively difficult to find because I think it's only available from the distillery. Um, so that could be a problem. I think some of their other offerings, Mm-mm. what? It's available across the United States. Is it? Like where? Um, tons of places in Massachusetts. Well, I- actually, actually, I lied. But it's it's available in, in several places on the East Coast. So Okay, well, so there you go. At least the East Coast can find it. Yeah. Um, but this particular bottling, they only... They told me they only do 50 gallons, basically one barrel per year of this bottling, which is the cask strength. And the stuff is plenty expensive. I will have to tell you that. It's $42 for a 375. So, yeah, it's it's uh. pricey. But the reason I bought this is because it's excellent. And he actually, they don't normally do tastings of the barrel strength, but he actually gave me one, which is good because he wouldn't have sold it otherwise um so anyway this is the v5 bourbon it has a hundred percent corn mash bill they only use corn in it there's no other grain so it's a single grain bourbon uh my particular bottle was bottled at 125.2 proof that's 62.6 percent alcohol so as you can tell it's very strong um and how I'm, much did you pay for that 40 41.99 
hit the liquor store at the traffic circle. No, they don't have the cask strength. Uh, they uh, yeah, they do. Twenty eight ninety nine. I'm looking at it right now. Not cask strength. That's what says. One hundred twenty five proof. So whatever. Okay. So that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. They don't even bottle it in that size. You're wrong. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> that's, that's a typo. If, if anything, because for a three seven five. Yeah, they say three seven five. Yes, that's like half. Oh, a I bottle. thought you said seven fifty. No, well, I may have said seven fifty, but it's no, it's three seven five. Hundred twenty five proof. Well, twenty eight ninety nine. Okay. So. Well, that's the same size as the one you got. Yeah, listed. but he yeah, paid yeah. twenty dollars more for it. So, but he bought it from it's, their. No, he told me special. That's interesting because he told me they don't even they don't sell the the cast strength anywhere but there. So. Okay, well, apparently you can get it for $29 a bottle, so I paid too much for it, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. So, Sucker's born every day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't change the fact that the, the bourbon is very good. So, Oh, that's, that's So anyway. Uh, that's what really yeah. matters. The, the, the color on it is a deep caramel with a little bit of uh, sort of red, reddish mahogany color to it. Um, this has been airing in my Glencairn for the last 45 minutes now, so it should be nice and opened up. So I'm going to nose it here. And considering the fact that it's 125 proof, um, there is no alcohol burn to it at all on the nose. I get uh, caramel, um, kind of like um, the, um, what's the caramel cream candies? Cowtails? Not cowtails, but they, they're round. You know what I'm talking about? They're the ones I bought the other day. Yeah, yeah. They're called caramel creams. Yeah, the caramel creams. You get, you get that. Um, a little bit of uh, herbal to it. Kind of like uh, like seagrass or lemongrass. There's a little bit of uh, like black tea, like one of your black teas that you have out there. And I'm doing this on the fly. I don't have notes. That's why it's taking so long for me to get through this. <laughs> a little bit of cherry. And there's a there's a little faint alcohol uh, essence to it at the end. But considering how strong it is, I would have thought that'd be a little more prominent. But it's not. So try it, man. That's good. Oh, it's good. I bet you some tasting notes. Okay. Um, I don't see them. Oh, down there. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, right under your boobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what I get right off the bat is the the corn. You can because it's a hundred percent corn mash bill. You can definitely taste the corn in the grain. You definitely get a little bit of the the barrel, the oak aging. You definitely get the cream. That sort of caramel cream is still there in the taste as it is on the nose. And yeah, it's it's not. It's a little more complex on the nose than it is on the taste. You basically get the corn. The wood, the aging, the sort of caramel cream, and a very faint, uh, sort of indistinct herbal note to it. But it is super, super drinkable. And it, even you know, paying too much for it, I'm, I'm not disappointed to have to have paid you know forty dollars for this bottle because there are very few high proof bourbons that I would just put in a glass and sip on um, that don't that don't just you know hit you over the head with alcohol. So. If you can get a bottle of this, I would highly recommend it. And the fact that it's a straight corn mash bill gives you that sort of corn, almost uh, moonshine essence to it, even though it's barrel aged, um, which I find rather pleasing. So on the whole, I'm going to give this a rating of 90 scale of one. Wow. It's really good. That's really, really high for a bourbon. Yeah, and this is good. I like it a lot. I'm probably going to drink way too much of this. <laughs> uh, but anyway, <laughs> so yeah, that's the Smoky Quartz V5 Bourbon 2018 Edition Barrel Aged at 125 proof. So 
there i'm done talking bill take it away <laughs> there okay. we go so i got something some other kind of barrel here this is a uh, uh, 10 barrel brewing company's apocalypse ipa and it's uh well it was available <laughs> <laughs> 6.8% alcohol. It's uh out of uh of course uh Bend, Oregon. So uh it's a it's a it's a West Coast treasure here. Um color, well, you know, it's in a brown bottle, so it's it's beer color. Um <laughs> <laughs> Let's see on the nose. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I w- I was going to make fun of all the stuff that uh that that Russ does. Oh, but, feel free. Um, That'd be funny I, actually. Go for it. It's ju- it's just just beer. <laughs> it smells like oh, yeah. beer. <laughs> smells like uh, oh, a yeah. little bit of ass and smells like wow. success. <laughs> no, I always love these. Uh, I always love some of the these bear, uh, bottles and what they say on them. Uh, you know, of course, it says piney and it's well, uh, well, uh, perfectly balanced. But apocalypse is made for those of us that go big and then celebrate with a cold beer. You know who you are. Pushing your limits every day and living life to the fullest. Our brewers did the same thing with creating this beer using 4.8 pounds of hops per barrel. Go big or go home. So, although it's not the hoppiest uh, tasting beer um, I've had, I, I, I've had this before only because it's cheap and it comes in a 22 ounce bottle. <laughs> um, well, relatively cheap. I didn't feel like buying a whole six pack. I just wanted a beer for tonight. So I, I bought this at the grocery store today. And I have bought it in the past. It's it's really good. It's a fine tasting IPA. It's not very bitter. I don't see the IBUs on the bottle, but um, I would say it's not. It's probably like uh you know probably like fifty or sixty somewhere around there. It's not. It's not terribly, not terribly bitter like some uh, some of the IPAs can get. So it's it's quite drinkable on six point eight percent alcohol. It's uh you know it's pretty pretty good quality. Um yeah yeah. Not bad, not bad for. Uh, I paid three ninety nine for uh, basically a pint plus six ounces, so twenty two ounce bottle. Oh, very good. And I just want to say, I, I'm going to toot my own here, my own horn here for a second. Um, after I got done doing the nosing and tasting and spending way too long on describing this this bourbon, um, I actually read through the tasting notes that Cheryl posted in the Etherpad, and what I said is exactly what's in here. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel good that I have actually sort of nailed what other people think of it, which makes me feel confident or at least a little more confident about my own ability to nose and taste bourbon. So I'm kind of, I'm, oh, but you didn't mention that warm heat that builds. Yeah. Yeah. You did not mention that. <laughs> I did not warm mention that. I did heat. say, Just, I did say there warms was an the after, cockles of the heart. I did say there was stuff. an after effect of alcohol <laughs> that it was not an alcohol burn which is exactly what this says. It also mentions all the other things I said, like honey, corn, uh, smoke, cherry, grain, uh, grass, and every other thing that I mentioned in, in, in my notes are in here. So uh, I feel good now. <laughs> might, <laughs> might be the bourbon, actually. but <laughs> Valid yes. is. All right. Uh, so very good. And uh, 10 Barrel Brewing Company. So you should just do your reviews based on like the things they put on the can as opposed to like any other metric for your for your brews yeah i will (laughs) you give it a i'll buy beer based upon appearance of the can as long as it's an ipa (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah yeah the funny the funnier the can or the funnier the the labeling i think sometimes kind of pulls you in 
uh, to the product, at least in the beer aisle, because there's just so many. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine, uh, you know, buying beer, you know, 20 years ago, even though I did buy beer 20 years ago. <laughs> you just, <laughs> there just sure yourself. wasn't the, the, yeah, there just sure wasn't the interesting, uh, labeling and stuff like that. I mean, you know, what do we have? Uh, we had, oh, I remember we had ice beer. Remember ice beer being so popular? Bud ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like an ice house came out and everything else. And, you know, I thought that was really cool. But God, there's like a million, a million craft beers out there. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just amazing what you can find in, uh, all the different, uh, small batch, uh, small batches. Of course, you, most of the small batches you won't be able to find in a bottle or a can. Uh, you have to actually go to the brewery for that. But, um, there's just such a such a vast selection of beers and breweries that are uh, canning uh, canning their uh, product out and getting it out onto the shelves, and a lot of stores are carrying it, which is great. So, so it's a good time, at least now, for uh, being a beer drinker. It's a good time for being a liquor drinker too, because between craft breweries and craft distilleries, and even craft wineries, actually, uh, there is an amazing abundance of good locally sourced locally produced locally managed uh alcohol out there i mean it's just like anywhere you go you can find probably five breweries two wineries and at least a distillery you know to try product from so it's it's a good time to be alive and a drinker i guess (laughs) absolutely (laughs) all right well with that we have come down to the end of the program, but we will not end this program without a little bit of music. So I found a track that we can play. I've been, I was digging around trying to find more information on the artist in this case, and I didn't find enough information, but, um, this is a track called Dying for More by a group called Roger That. And as in the past few, musical selections i have chosen this group is not actually a group it's a single person who actually does all the instrumentation and singing and so forth um but you know we'll call it a group for whatever that um i couldn't find the name of the album i'm sure there is one but Jamendo is making things rather difficult for me to try and get any information i know the person is from australia uh the gold coast of queensland and This was released sometime in 2017. So with that sort of ham-fisted introduction, let's go ahead and listen to Dying for More by Roger That. These days, the days are long, the nights go on, my nails are getting short. It's harder than I it just shows you can only go, only go so far and not get caught. Mm, I'm dying for more. I'm dying for
the song. <laughs> Dying for More by Roger That. From back in 2017 out of the Gold Coast of Queensland in Australia. So as we wrap this up, we also want to mention that our next episode is going to be a deep dive. And we have a special guest who's going to be coming on the show and he's going to be talking to us about audio routing. And Bill kind of set this up. So who is it, Bill, that we're going to be talking to? We're going to be talking to Noah Chalai, who is uh, from the Ask Noah show and uh, definitely a, a Linux expert and advocate and uh, a ham. So uh, we're going to talk to him and he's going to tell us all about himself uh, and also about audio routing. Fantastic. And he was a part of the Linux Action Show for a little while, or at least a guest on there many times. Yeah, moved on to have his own show, and it's uh, it's great. Yep, we're looking forward to that. So make sure you tune in next Monday to learn all about audio routing from a real Linux expert. That's the end of the show. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in to episode number 246 of Linux in the Ham Shack. And we hope you'll tune in for the next one as well, and like all the ones after that. Um, so we're out i'm russ k5tux i'm cheryl w5moo and i'm bill ne4rd73 thank you for listening to this episode of linux in the ham shack lhs is a community sponsored podcast our website is located at lhspodcast.info you can support the program by visiting the LHS Patreon page of patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or using the contribute link on the website. Get in touch via social media. The show has a presence on Google+, Facebook, Twitter, Discord and YouTube. Or you can drop an email to info at lhspodcast.info or record a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's one 909 547-7469. Visit the IRC channel, LHS Podcast, on the Freenode IRC network. Also visit the online merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable LHS merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info or visit the website for details. The podcast is recorded live every Monday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Connect to the stream at stream.blacksparrowmedia.net colon 8008 stroke LHS live. Until next time, over and out.
Linux in the Ham Shack in the Linux in the Ham Shack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribute Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.